Good morning, everyone. I'm delighted to be here with you uh, this morning, if only via the, this recording. Uh, I'm grateful for the opportunity to participate in this side event, uh, the human rights development in the perspective of community with shared future for mankind, which is hosted by the China Society for Human Rights and organized by Shandong University on the occasion of the 51st Human Rights Council. And I'm grateful to all of them uh, for both putting this together and for inviting me. I'm especially grateful to Professor Shen Shihan for his leadership in these efforts. Today, I speak to the construction of Chinese socialist human rights internationalism. That discussion is undertaken within the broader context of the internationalization of human rights as both have developed over the last decades. The resulting reconceptualization of human rights offers an important window on the current state of discourse around which most political societies seek, and of course, each in their own way, uh, for the development of a fair and just international order. Yet this striving is now undertaken at a time when the vision of these ideals have become more sharply contested. What exactly are the principles that make up this new socialist internationalism vision? The principles were comprehensively identified, I think, in the 2019 South-South Human Rights Forum, which was organized by the State Council Office uh, and the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. The principles are both well-known and clearly identified, but it's worth stating them. Uh, and they included uh, building a community with a shared future for mankind and global human rights governance, uh, the right to development, including the Belt and Road Initiatives and its promotion of the realization of the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development, and the practice and experience of human rights protections in the countries of the Global South. These principles interlink three fundamental concepts, globalization, sustainable development, and human rights. And today, these concepts serve as the foundational principles for the construction of a socialist system of human rights as well as the larger project of socialist internationalism. They represent the outward face of the development of the advanced contemporary structures of Chinese Marxist-Leninism in its current new era. The current expression of these principles, uh, and this is again also well known, were initially elaborated in their current form at the start of the leadership of Xi Jinping in his now well-known 23 March 2013 speech at the Moscow State Institute of International Relations. President Xi elaborated China's vision for a community with shared future for mankind at about the time that China first announced, and the, the two are really closely interlinked, that China first announced what would become the Belt and Road Initiative. In 2021, President Xi further elaborated China's vision of a socialist global order in his remarks to the UN General Assembly. Its principal components included overcoming the challenge of pandemic, pursuing greener and more balanced global development, embracing a revamped ordering of international relations, global solidarity built around the concepts of mutual respect and win-win cooperation, and on that basis, uh, the establishment of a more refined practice of global governance and multilateralism. This approach was expanded in the same year in a 2021 State Council white paper um, in which prosperity and stability features prominently. Uh, more recently in a keynote address delivered just recently, 21 September, 2022, by State Councilor and Foreign Minister Wang Yi at the ministerial meeting of the Group of Friends of the Global Development Initiative, Chinese officials broadened and deepened 
the visions for human rights and development. The object was to solidify a counter approach to the dominant vision of human rights and development long developed under the leadership of liberal democratic states and embedded within the working style of international organs. Taken together, these events provide a glimpse of the key elements of Chinese socialist internationalism. They also point to the way in which these elements align the doctrine of the community with shared values for mankind with principles of socialist human rights. Combined, they're offered as an alternative global model in the form of the GDI, the Belt and Road Initiative, and more generally, of Chinese socialist internationalism. At an even deeper level, these movements evidence a more mature manifestation of new era theory in its outward expression, and also as a template by which states with similar approaches to internal and global ordering might shape their own destinies. Jointly, these emerging expressions of Chinese theory provide a basis to consider some of the more profound ramifications of this project of socialist human rights, its foundations in theories of the human right to development, and grounded in the overall principles of a community of shared future for mankind. And in particular, it may be worth considering some of the scope and implications of critical differences between the standard or orthodox human rights narrative overseen by the UN apparatus in Geneva, and sometimes in New York, and what uh, may be emerging from South-South conversations under the leadership of China. These shifts will have important consequences for emerging specific conceptions of the integrity of human rights as a global concept and on the movements towards its fracture, which mirror the fracture of global trade along regional lines. The object is to offer a path to a fundamental shift in the focus of human rights and human rights discourse. That shift would move the core of discussion from one framed in the discursive tropes of liberal democratic ideology to one framed in an emerging Marxist-Leninist discourse. The shift is occurring even as those who think themselves the vanguard of traditional internationalist human rights ideology continue to advance and more deeply develop the approach to human rights development and internationalism under their own uh, system. Under the core leadership of liberal democratic states, that project remains strongly embedded in the basic structures of the international law and international norms. It continues to function as a legitimating discourse of the international community and a very powerful voice. But the challenge of a more mature socialist path to international relations and to the framing of human rights within it now evidences a greater and more open divide between socialist and liberal democratic approaches in shaping the world order. That divide may not affect many objectives or practices at a granular level. It does, however, affect the approach uh, to important fundamental principles and interpretations that serve to build structures and understandings of the role and importance of development of the nature and contents of human rights and of the centrality of sustainability. The result is to return the international community to a time when it operated in the shadow of a clear-cut choice. That choice is between systems that view economic, social, and cultural rights as a necessary predicate to the effective nurturing of civil and political rights against those systems that are based on the ordering principle that civil and political rights are the predicate to effective and legitimate development and protection of economic, social, and cultural rights. It is therefore important to understand the Chinese path. It is equally important to study the way it shifts the discourse from that of traditional liberal markets-driven actors. 
Traditional human rights and human rights discourse takes as its starting point the key, the key premise of, the, of an ideology uh, in which social, political, and economic orders are organized and through which they understand themselves. That human rights discourse is centered on the individual. It speaks to the relationship between the individual and centers of power that affect the individual as an autonomous being and within collective organizations. Individuals have rights and states and other organs of power have duties and responsibilities. Marxist-Leninist states take as their starting point the key ideological baselines that human rights proceeds from and is centered on the collective. Or better put, it's centered on a pyramid system of perimeters of collectives all tied together uh, through the spokes of obligations to a leadership core. Individuals have expectations, collective authority has duties, rights, and responsibilities. The betterment of the welfare of the individual collectively is the primary duty of the state, and thus the core framework within which human rights can be understood and elaborated are through the principle that a state's primary duty is to ensure the prosperity and stability of the collective. Civil and political rights are understood as necessarily constrained by and proceeding from the overall imperative to ensure collective prosperity and security. This new language of human rights requires, in turn, a new vocabulary. It requires a vocabulary that shifts the emphasis of discourse, and thus the way that terms are understood and applied as policy and rules and norms, from the language and vocabularies of human rights of the individual to that of development, that is, of society and of collective institutions. This is an important project. It builds not just structures of rights and responsibilities, but also narratives that rationalize and order the way that societies understand the world around them. Some control of the way that narratives are constructed and people, including influential collective leadership groups, embrace expectations, a great principles acquire meaning, all right, in this context, acquire meaning only when they are attached to a common understanding of meanings and markers of legitimacy. In that context, China understands that it is important to both develop this new vocabulary as well as a new framing for those core matters traditionally monopolized by the discursive tropes of liberal democratic ideologies, the authorities of which have been virtually undisputed since the fall of the Soviet Union and its dependencies in the late 1980s. Chinese leaders now appear to act on the understanding that it is impossible to acquire influence over meaning making unless one can exercise some control over the ideological perspectives from out of which objects, thoughts, and actions are invested with meaning. Here's the essence of the Chinese win-win strategy and more generally of Chinese socialist internationalism. We will expect to see much more of this, uh, both in its development in and of itself and in its conversations with the dominant discourse of liberal democratic approaches. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm.